With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. All right, Montreal beats the Flames 2-1. Toffoli gets both goals. He's up to 21 on the season. Lindholm scored for Calgary. He has 12. Early in the third, Boston leading the Islanders 2-zip. Taylor Hall has scored. His fourth of the season. He has two with Boston, had two with Buffalo. Early in the second period, Minnesota up 3-1 on San Jose. And coming up later, the Golden Knights and the Ducks. The Kings and the Avalanche postponed as we have three Avalanche players in COVID protocol. So they're going to have three games postponed. Hopefully can practice on Wednesday and play a game on Thursday. So that's what's going on in the NHL. Oilers tomorrow. It's now a five o'clock game against the Jets. Several Oilers games have been rearranged. You can read about all of them in the story on 630chet.com, globalnews.ca. So Oilers at Jets tomorrow at five. Our coverage starts with the face-off show at 3.30. Dylan Holloway signs his entry-level contract with the Oilers. Played for Wisconsin in the NCAA the last two years. He was a finalist for the Hobie Baker this season. And he tells you why he wanted to turn pro now. Yeah, I felt I felt I was ready. I felt uh, I made strides even even from last year. I thought uh, last year was a big year for me. Uh, obviously, it was my draft year, but I learned a lot throughout that year. Um, and then through this year, I felt the way I developed this year uh, made the decision a little easier. Um, you know, I got a really really good program here in Wisconsin. The coaches are unbelievable. Uh, my teammates, the facilities, everything about it is just awesome. But I felt I felt for me the best decision was just to to go pro just so I can uh, further develop and um, try and try and make the Oilers. All right. That's Dylan Holloway. And he's going to be interesting to watch. He played mostly center of the NCAA. He can also play left wing. I've talked to some people who have watched Holloway play and they've said he's a very responsible player can play in both ends of the ice that uh, in the offensive end. Now I want to, I want to clarify what I'm saying here. Somebody compared him to Taylor Hall, not at the level that Taylor Hall is at, but he has a little bit of that going to be a bull and, and drive the net, but maybe doesn't have the as much vision as you would like when he takes the puck to the net, but still can be a pretty powerful offensive player. And the Oilers need a player like Dylan Holloway. I think he's going to have a chance next year to be on the team. Again, the ELC kicks in for next season, but the Oilers are sorely, sorely missing a top six winger. They have three locks in the top six. They got McDavid, they got Drysdale, they got Nugent Hopkins. Pooley, Arvey, and Yamamoto have been up and down, but they're getting the chances there. They've looked good at some times, maybe struggled at others, but I think the potential is is there. And then you've had a spot that is generally Dominic Cahoon's, and somebody wrote into the show yesterday the night before and said, why did they keep putting Dominic Cahoon there? Well, no one else has done really any better. They've tried Turris. Ennis has gotten some opportunities. You know, James Neal doesn't even play much anymore. Again, maybe you could put Josh Archibald there. 
he'd have to play his off wing and then that weakens the the third line and i i would say generally when you look at the bottom six whichever line has archibald on it is really the third line because i think he's the best of the bottom six players so that's something the oilers need and we we talked going into the trade deadline what are some holes that the oilers have well hopefully some of them can be filled internally in the near future if if not right at the start of next year maybe a year or two down the road so something to keep in mind with holloway because i think he fits the mold of somebody that might be able to play left wing on the second or third line and be able to actually contribute and make some plays and get the puck to the net plus be able to play well on his own end so some things to remember there about dylan holloway raptors lead orlando 70 61 five minutes left in the third We'll talk to Dave Campbell later on this hour about what's going on with the CFL. They have a big Board of Governors meeting coming up on Tuesday. Uh, later on in this half hour, we'll get to Corey Hirsch, Vancouver Canucks analyst, his thoughts on what JT Miller said and uh, how the Canucks are going to get back into game shape. We are also going to do, we haven't done this for two or three weeks, Kellen Kennedy is back at the 630 Ched Broadcasting Compound. He has gone to the 630 Ched, what do we call it? We don't call it a zoo. It's more of an animal reserve because they can they they can roam quite freely as I understand it. Ched Animal Sanctuary. It's a sanctuary. Yes, yeah. thank you. It's a, the Ched Animal Sanctuary, and Kellen has recorded an animal noise, and we're going to do name the animal later on uh, before eight o'clock. I don't know exactly when we're going to do it. Is that we're going to do name the animal tonight? Mm. Long. See, you're being very coy about it. Either you're not excited anymore. And you're just thinking, why are we doing Name the Animal? Why does Wilkins want to do Name the Animal? Or I prefer to think you're scheming. You're scheming right now, and you don't want to give any sort of tip about what the animal is. Yeah, it's the latter. It's the... <laughs> I, love, I love how convincing you sound. <laughs> yeah, it's the latter, Wilkins. Please quit talking to me. <laughs> All right. No, I'm always faking. Come on, man. Well, you are you are a very uh, you're a very cerebral young man. I, I've I've certainly noticed that. the The CFL story that Dave's going to dive into, and and he'll explain the details better than I will here. But basically, we are looking at a, a delay to the start of the season. I know there's always a lot of doom and gloom around the CFL, and it was really tough that they missed last year. But look, this story with the XFL, if if the leagues are going to merge, and I think that is a gigantic if. Because the XFL wants to play its games like what January through April, and the CFL is not doing that in Canada, so I think merging is highly unlikely. They'll have some sort of a business promotional type agreement, but everybody I talk to who seems to be involved in actual negotiations and know stuff, including Ryan King, who just retired from the Double E and said it on the record on the show the other night, and he's going to stay involved with the Players Association that the season is not going to be canceled. Now, it very well might be postponed, and I think Dave's going to take us down the road of that might uh, how that might look, but uh, no indications that it's going to be canceled. Okay, let's call a quick timeout here. We'll bring in Corey Hirsch after the break. the name of the show mysterious voice man it is time to punch in the code for the certainty hotline 
CertainTeed Professional Grade Building Materials. We welcome to the show former NHL goaltender, now a Canucks analyst with Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver. It's Corey Hirsch. Corey, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. It's uh, it's good we're going to get some hockey back in Vancouver. It's been a good Lord. I think May, March 25th was the last game I called, or March 24th or something like that, something crazy. So yeah. we're almost uh, three and a half weeks in. Yeah, it's a long time and obviously strange circumstances. I, I want to dive right in here and ask you what you thought of JT Miller's very strong comments a couple of days ago. Well, it was great that someone stood up and stuck up for the players. Um, you know, I'm surprised they didn't do it sooner as soon as I saw the schedule. As soon as I saw the schedule, I mean, I knew, right, <laughs> that it was going to be a tough one to follow. So I'm not sure, you know, but guys, they don't they don't want to stir any waves or, or ruffle any feathers. So, um, you know, I think that's why it took them a few days to try and to kind of get it get it together. And then maybe they actually thought that, you know, it's like, it's like me when I go for my first run of the summer and I'm like, yeah, I can do six miles. And then you get out after about half a mile and you're dying. <laughs> and I think that's what happened there with these guys. Well, yeah. And I mean, that's interesting context too, for, for being away from the ice for so long and then, and then trying to get back up to, uh, to game action. I mean, give me that sense of how you would have felt or, or maybe how you did feel even getting back at it on the ice uh, for training camp in the fall. And I know, you know, guys stay in shape in the off season, but it must be different once you're actually building up to being in a game. You remember when I played, right? Goalies didn't have to get in shape. So, Fair enough. <laughs> right? So, I mean, what are you talking about? The camp was to get in shape. Right. Um, yeah, you know what? You can only ride the bike so much, and you can only run so much. It's different muscles, um, and those different muscles take a lot uh, of uh, oxygen. So, um, those guys would be dying. Like, they'd be sucking wind. And I, I think, knock on wood, I haven't had COVID yet, so I'm hoping to get my vaccine first. Um, but it doesn't sound like it's a very fun uh, illness as far as, you know, being respiratory-wise because it sounds nasty. So in your mind, is the delay... I mean, they got a couple extra days, right? Is that is that enough? Is that going to make a difference in your mind? Uh <laughs> I don't think there'll ever be enough. Like, I think they need two weeks, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, not a few days, but it is, they got to get playing, right? I mean, this is this is something we've never, um, we've never faced before. So, um, you know, that's, that's just, what are you going to do, right? It's, you got to play the game. So they don't really have a choice, but I think they would need at least a week to 10 days to, to be at top shape the way, you know, like these teams are starting to fight to get into the playoffs now. Now we're in, we're into playoff hockey, right? So could you imagine these guys? Okay, so let's say they had one practice yesterday, right? After three and a half weeks off. Um, do you play beer league? If I ask you that question, do you I, play I, no, hockey? I don't actually, Curry. Okay, but well, you've run before when you struggle, right? You've, you've done something else and your lungs are I, running, am, a, right? I okay. am a distance runner, yep. There you go. So if you haven't run for a while, the, the point I'm making is, is that, could you imagine chasing Connor McDavid around? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I was getting to a point. There was a point to that story, but... It took us a while to get there, but yes, could you imagine after running your first time in the night and then having to chase Connor McDavid? <laughs> no, thanks. Corey Hurst joining us today on Inside Sports says uh, the NHL has made several adjustments to the schedule, uh, many of them involving games between the Oilers and the Canucks. They're now going to play each other four times in a row in the second week of May. How have you 
enjoyed or may, maybe not enjoyed the uh, the repeated North Division matchups. I know I've heard from some fans and listeners there's a little bit of fatigue and maybe some of the three-game series are a little too much. The back-to-backs are okay. What have you thought of it? I liked it up until uh, about mid-March. So the first six weeks, two months were great. Um, and we saw a lot of teams. And as far as prep goes for me, like I didn't have to worry about it, right? Like you're playing the same team night after night. So I didn't have to work, work nearly as hard either. But um, about middle of March, you could see the players were starting to like, wanted to play some other teams. Like it was kind of like, you know, it, it, that there was a lull in the games and both teams could feel it and there was the, the there was no electricity in the building and it, it was kind of like almost to the point where the players were going okay you know uh here we are we're playing the same teams um uncle give us some fans back give us some new teams to play but they didn't have a choice so i felt that probably mid-march and then the canucks went on a hiatus so but I am noticing now, you know, there's some playoff hockey being being played for the teams that are trying to play into spots. So we're at least getting some good games now. So given coming back from this COVID outbreak and Corey, look, we know the the math. You can look at all the projections. Uh, Vancouver's in a tough spot. Calgary's in a tough spot. Ottawa's obviously pretty, pretty much an impossible spot to make the playoffs. But given the situation or the or the Canucks are in, are in, like, what are your reasonable expectations for them the rest of the way in terms of performance in terms of wins uh you know what they've got a ton of back-to-backs they've got to play 19 games in 30 days i would say they'll be lucky if they can go 500 even three games below 500 and i I say that just because the way the schedule sets up how they've had how COVID has hit them um you're not going to get guys feeling at top shape for at least two weeks uh, you've got teams you're playing are Edmonton, Toronto. You're playing some fast hockey teams. I feel bad for the Vancouver Canucks. I, I really do. And um, I know a lot of Edmonton fans out there probably don't, but I do. So, <laughs> you know, it's, they have, they have, you know, they've got a better chance of seeing Sasquatch and Kitsilano than they do of making the playoffs, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love that reference. I, I love it. Hey, yeah. Before I let you go, uh, trade deadline earlier this week, I was looking back on your career. Now, I know you'll uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe you were a deadline deal or not? I was, yeah. Deal, but, but, yeah. But before you were a full-time NHLer, was that the story? What, what happened? Yeah, so I played some games with New York, and then I went to the Olympics. And then uh, Keenan signed Healy to a four-year deal, Glenn Healy, a backup at a million dollars per to back up Mike Richter to make a Stanley Cup run. And it was uh, four years. So I was like, okay, well, where am I going to end up here now after uh, sitting in the minors as a young guy? Because deals for a backup, that was unheard of. It was unmovable. That'd be like a backup making $6 million today, right? It's just not a movable contract. Um, so uh, I had asked for a trade. And then uh, uh, the lockout hit back in 95, was it? Yeah, 95, the lockout hit. Uh, and I got went to the minors and I actually got paid. But then I got traded at the trade deadline, which was April 7th. Uh, and I got traded for Nathan Lafayette in the most even trade in NHL history because I think I played 108 games and he played like 102. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> um, so the, I call it the most even trade in history. Uh, Nathan Lafayette's a, a really good, really good guy. Um, so, and then I went over to the world championships because NHL players didn't go because of the late, uh, the late start. 
or the late, yeah, the, the late start with the lockout. So uh, I think Russ Courtnell got traded at that time, a few other guys uh, to Vancouver, but yeah, I was part of the most even trade in history. That's <laughs> Self-proclaimed. Awesome. That's, yeah, well, hey, somebody's got to proclaim it, right? You got to speak up. That's yeah, that's, exactly. That's good. Right? <laughs> well, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't the what was it? Cam Neely for who did the Vancouver trade back? Oh, Peterson wasn't it? Peterson? Yeah, Peterson. The most. Yeah. That might be the when people say right. It's like <laughs> that's the most lopsided trade in history, right? Yeah. But absolutely. I mean, you know what? Sometimes you trade guys, and and they actually did. They they would have never been the player they were. Where right? It happens. It oh, does. Sure. It happens to every team. Yeah, absolutely. That, thanks, Corey. Thanks for popping on the show tonight. That's Corey Hirsch, former NHL goaltender. Good tale there about being uh, traded and his thoughts on the Canucks getting back at it. So, yeah, their first game back will now be Sunday against the Toronto Maple Leafs. They had tonight's game against the Oilers postponed, and then they were going to play the uh, Leafs tomorrow. That gets bumped back, and that's why the Oilers game is being moved ahead three hours. So Hockey Night in Canada has the 7 o'clock Eastern time game, five o'clock here in Edmonton. So that will now be the Oilers and Jets. And then there won't be a late game on Hockey Day in Canada. That's how that breaks down. One minute into the fourth quarter. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Toronto Raptors looking good tonight. 87-70 lead over the Orlando Magic. Their own magic! Pretty hard to stop a basketball player if he actually was magic, wouldn't it? I don't know. Just a thought there. Okay, we got Dave Campbell coming up in the next half hour of the show. We have Name the Animal, the highlight of everybody's life as well. the movie Twister, this song. Who is in that, Kellen? Was it Helen Hunt? Yes. And Bill, Bill Paxton? Were those the two stars? Mm-hmm. And it had the flying cow in the tornado. Well, I guess it wasn't flying. It was a cow that was lifted up by a tornado. Yes. Having said that, is that the best tornado movie of all time? What about that Geostorm movie that came out a couple years ago with Gerard Butler? Was that the name of that one? I only know that because my buddy kept making fun of it whenever there was a commercial on TV. Was that Geostorm? It was like a series of storms or tornadoes all over the globe? I vaguely remember the ad, but I don't remember the name of the movie, so... We'll just say it was Geostorm. Yeah. <laughs> if there are any Gerard Butler fans who are offended, please send your... Letters of complaint, care of Brian Hall, 630 Chet. That'd be great, eh, if Halsey started getting letters about Geostorm. Why, why am I getting the... Who's Geostorm? Oh, he played defensive back in 1963. He was fast. That's what would happen. 
Gerard Butler. He's in that Comet movie too. I see it advertised on Amazon Prime. Because I've been, I said the other night, I've been watching The Expanse, very good science fiction show on Prime. And there's some, what, what's the Comet movie that's out now, Kellen? It's G- Gerard Butler and there's a Comet that's going to hit Earth. It's probably just called Comet Coming to Earth. They get to have a simple title. You know what I'm talking about? Fireball. I have no idea. Is it called Fireball? It could be called Fireball. I don't know. That'd be a good name for it, at least. That would be a good name for a movie. We should we should trademark that. So now we have my idea for the Christmas trees that are holograms. And we obviously have the Sylvan Lake Alliance of Wrestling, which, by the way, is alive and well. It's been, obviously been affected by the pandemic. Yeah. But the Sylvan Lake, the slaw, is is up and running. Everything's fine. Roadhammer is our, our champion. Yeah, the legit name is not as exciting as we were coming up with. Uh, the Comet movie is titled Greenland. Oh, yeah. How do they get that? Is that where the comet hits? Maybe. Sure. Is that where they escape to? I don't know. But now I got to learn more. The comet movie might have been a more obvious title. Because if you told somebody, hey, I'm going to watch Greenland, they would probably think that might be a Viking movie. Right. Apparently, the trailer of Greenland uh, was removed from a bunch of sites uh, before the movie came out, and it's just because it all came out at the same time where COVID-19 hit North America in March of last year, right? So, But why would a movie about a comet be compared to uh, a real-life pandemic? I think it's because... Was the were- comet carrying a virus? I think it was because at the end of the movie, at the end of the trailer, it said in select feeders now or in feeders now, and of course, all the feeders were closed, right? So, oh, right, it wasn't showing on the feeders. Yeah. Okay. All right. So anyway, there, there's my to-do list. Watch Greenland and write screenplay for Fireball with Kellen. We'll, we'll go over. No, we're not promising Fireball is going to be about a comet. Or are we? Oh, you seem like you want it to be. I, I'm flexible on the idea. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Kellen just wants me to stop talking to him. The happiest person in the world that I'm working from home? Kellen Kennedy. He doesn't have to see me. Now, if he could just not have to hear me, his life would be perfect. Canadians beat the Flames 2-1. Bruins shut out the Islanders 3-zip. Taylor Hall scored. Curtis Lazar scored as well. Fourth of the season for Hall. Sixth of the season for Lazar. Bruins over the Islanders 3-zip. Wild uh, lead the Sharks 3-1 after two. Raptors lead Orlando 96-80 halfway through the fourth quarter. Dylan Holloway signs his entry-level contract with the Oilers, but it'll start next season. Oilers with several schedule adjustments, including tomorrow's game in Winnipeg. It now starts at 5. Our face-off show on 6.30. Chad will get going at 3.30 to talk a little uh, football and who knows what else. The producer of this very show, Dave Campbell. Hey, Dave, thanks for checking in. How are you doing? I'm great, Ray. Nice to be here. And, uh, yeah, just uh, it's, been, it's been a wild... Uh, week and a wild few weeks uh putting shows together and uh you know but at least we have more notice this time than 90 minutes out from that they remember from that game in montreal last month so but it's been it's been fun to kind of produce some shows but uh more shows than usual but you know what it'll be nice to see the orders back on the ice tomorrow too yeah i mean it's nice to get the game action i was trying to think about scheduling adjustments over the years certainly in hockey especially in my time covering the Oilers, there there haven't been many. You, you do have the odd game affected by weather over the years, usually not in Canada, but sometimes, you know, flights in, in some U.S. markets get 
messed around. Uh, mm-hmm. And I mean, this is obviously, and, and look, obviously we know it, it needs to be rescheduled. I, I guess I got to go back all the way, Dave, unfortunately to nine 11 when, you know, major league baseball missed a week and the NFL missed a week. Now I think they just tacked those on at the end of the season, but the CFL, uh, I believe moved things around and yeah. played some games on Monday or, or Tuesday. And there were some games that wound up not being televised and, and all of that because of all the travel adjustments that had to be made. I remember uh, Jason Moss telling a story uh, and he was the quarterback that year and nine 11 happened. And of course there was a lot of concern for uh, the American players on the team. I mean, I believe Dan Crowley, who was a backup quarterback then, I believe his father-in-law worked at the Pentagon. So he was very worried about when he heard that a, a plane uh, crashed near the, pe- the Pentagon. So there was a lot of uh, angst there. But Jason Moss tells a story about he was driving home, and I don't know where he was living at the, at the time, but he was driving in the U.S., then got a phone call saying, Jason, you have to come back because we're playing in Winnipeg on Tuesday. So he turned around and obviously not very happy and a lot of the players not very happy that they had to play uh, so close after uh, 9-11 occurred. But we know that the CFL is a gate-driven league, so if you miss games, it's hard to reschedule them. Um, So they had to play Winnipeg on a Tuesday night. They lost and it was kind of a weird happening. But, you know, we've had some games that were close to being postponed. Uh, In 2018, a game on a Saturday night against the Montreal Alouettes, remember that bad smoke mm. we had, you know, and I yep. woke up woke up that morning not knowing if we had a game. And honestly, we were plus 10 at that point or 10 plus. And I woke up and I said, there's no way we're playing. And then about 10 o'clock in the morning, the sun shone through the, the smoke and it cleared and we were able to play the game. And that long game uh, in Winnipeg, uh, the opener oh. in 2018 as well, we <laughs> thought... You know, we thought maybe we're staying over and playing the next day. I think it was on a Thursday. So are we playing on a, you know, we're we finishing this game on a Friday. So, but it, it hasn't happened often in the CFL, but 9-11 is the only occurrence that I can remember of a, uh, of a game being, uh, games being moved around. Um, All right. Because of postponements. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned CFL, a gate-driven league, and they want fans in this year. And I know there have been, couple developments i i guess well i'll let I'll, I'll let you tell it you'll be able to tell it better than me but first of all what's what's happening tuesday here and, and what do we expect to possibly come out of that right on tuesday there will be a cfl board of governors meeting uh which we expect we will hear a postponement of the 2021 season now that doesn't that we didn't say cancel and you you said it last night on the show as well this doesn't mean a cancellation it's a postponement of the start of the season so cancer is supposed to open uh, mid-May, the first preseason game was supposed to be May 23rd in the CFL. That's not going to happen. And uh, so we hope to get a little more meat on the bone as well. Not like last year where the CFL kind of threw out an artificial date. Remember, they, they threw out July 1st as a possible start date, and there was no way that was going to happen. So I think, and the hope is, we're going to get more clarity on what contingencies the league is thinking of. Uh, down the road to try and start the season. Are they going to play 18 games? Uh, it's interesting. Uh, uh, the Montreal Alouettes uh, president, Mario Ciccini, said uh, yesterday that 18 games is not off the table. So that would tell you that they're still uh, looking at that. But when can they start? You know, Labor Day has been a, an obvious date that they've been looking at. Um, but I do think that there is a possibility as well that they, they do start in July. And 
August seems to be a feasible uh, time period as well. It all depends on the virus, obviously, the vaccine rollout. Um, and, you know, this, this also goes back to, like you said, fans in the stands. And there's been, there was some talk within the league. I, I heard Rick Lawlisher about a month ago or so say we could possibly play one, two games without fans. Uh, just to, you know, appease uh, health authorities and then we would be given the clearance to to have a limited number of fans in the stadium and hopefully scale from there. So, but that's a problem and not everyone, I believe, agrees with that. So, you know, you have to find a, a good landing spot where you can actually have fans in the stands on a limited basis and, and scale from there. And that's the tricky part of this whole thing, Reed. And uh, we know what was released yesterday or when we got our hands on uh, the uh, Alberta, the uh, memo from Alberta Health about outdoor gatherings and indoor gatherings and what could be allowed, which I think is a kind of a, maybe a, an inflated expectation, but at least it's a framework to work with. I know Ontario yesterday uh, or, the, or this week anyway, Lisa McLeod, the Minister of Sport and Tourism said, I, I can't think about a return to play right now for the CFL. I mean, it's terrible. As bad as it is here, Reed, it's way worse than Ontario right now. And that's why she said the Ontario Hockey League, I can't even think about them returning to play. So they're not playing this year. So, so that's what we're expecting on Tuesday is a announcement of the postponement of the 2021 season, at least the start of it. I would think, though, that that's going to make it tough to get every team to play 18 games because I'm assuming they don't want to push the Grey Cup back towards Christmas. No, no, I agree. You got to remember, you got three bye weeks right now, right? So uh, do you take one away? Do you take two away? Um, I can't imagine they would take all three away, but let's put that on the table. So I would think they could compress the schedule because you could adjust the bye weeks and take one to two away and then maybe you could fit 18 games that way okay i got gotcha. you well i i'm i mean most and i know there's still some doom and gloom out there but most of the people that you talk to who seem to be connected to the process are pretty optimistic about there being a season including ryan king who we had on a few days ago and is going to keep working with the pa even though he's retired as a player so yeah uh, you're you're right it's a postponement not a cancellation and i hope that's as far as it goes what was uh any highlights from the global draft yesterday i know it's still sort so of a relatively new thing and this is all to do with cfl 2.0 and all the uh, engagements and initiatives and the agreements with all these international uh, football federations. There was 300 players from over 25 countries uh, in a four-round draft. The Edmonton football team had the second overall draft and picked, a, I think, a pretty interesting prospect, Steven Nielsen. He's from Denmark. He's an offensive lineman, played 59 games, Division I NCAA for Eastern Michigan, and started 48 games. He can play guard, tackle. He said, if I have to play center, I can do that. So, uh, and interestingly enough, all four players were, that were selected were from Division I schools. Now, the talent level after the first round, I think, really drops off. I think this draft is two rounds too long, but there is obviously partnerships and there's showcase. Uh, there's uh, other uh, international federations that the CFL wants to showcase. So I think it's a good thing uh, that, uh, you know, we're, they're continuing the global initiative. The talent pool was better than it was two years ago for the global draft. And I think federations were more prepared for it. The CFL got better players to choose from. 
And the fact that so many Division One players were, were selected, or Aussie rule, rules punters uh, or kickers, because there were four punters drafted in the first round, including oh, the first overall pick, Jake Ford out of, uh, out of Australia, picked by the BC Lions. Uh, I've never seen that before. So, But uh, I think the class is getting better. There's, there's going to be work to do. But I think going through youth sports and Division One in uh, NCAA schools or NCAA schools, period, is probably the pathway forward. Uh, to get the uh, the best talent and and to also it's just for logistics read it's just easier for teams to scout when those players are in North America okay all right Dave well thanks for the update we'll be talking about this next week obviously enjoy your weekend man thanks for hopping on thank you you as well and looking forward to watching an order game tomorrow and hearing hearing you and and uh, Rob and uh, I guess it's Jack tomorrow yes Jack and Bob so looking forward to it Yes, Gowan, classic, Canadian. Got a message from Mark who says, Greenland is just all right, not bad, just all right. Geostorm was crap. Talking about some of the recent work of <laughs> Gerard Butler. One about a comet and one about, well, a geostorm, I guess. I have seen neither motion picture. Okay, well, it's time to do something which has really become the highlight of my existence, and it's called Name the Animal. Now, it's kind of complicated, so just somebody should write this down that's listening and send it to me so we have a written record of the rules and procedures for Name the Animal. But this is basically what happens. Kellen Kennedy goes to the 630 Ched Animal Sanctuary, which is an animal sanctuary on the chorus property in Southeast Edmonton. And he records the sound of an animal on a reel to reel recorder that he carries out there with him, And then he brings it back and he plays it on inside sports. And I have to guess what animal has made that noise. So that's how it works. And I'm challenging myself today. I am not going to look at any audience feedback. I'm, I have to do this totally on my own. I'm a big boy now. I could play name the animal without help. We've done this, I don't know, eight times maybe, ten times. On one occasion, yep. I got the animal on the first guess, and it was walrus. And you didn't think I was going to get that one that quickly. Yeah, no, that but one somehow shocked me. <laughs> I was in tune with the walrus noise. And Perhaps I, I am a bit of a walrus myself, cuckoo, cuckoo, or however it goes. Okay, Kellen, mm. I've, I think I've adequately explained how Name the Animal works. Yep. I do not win a prize. I'm not winning a prize on anybody's behalf. No listener can win a prize. This is purely for, you know, I don't even know what it's for, quite frankly. It is Name the Animal on Inside Sports. Go ahead. All right, here we go. It's very quiet, Kellen. I'll try to boost it a little bit. Yeah, boost that. Boost that baby for me. <laughs> those are people. Those are people right there. Is it people? Is it humans? No. I seriously can't hear the noise. What is it? You got to play it for me again. Oh, it's that thing. That's okay. it. See, I always think it's a bird. Is it? Is it? Is it a bird? It's not a bird. Okay, so it's something else. Oh, man. 
that's it. That little noise. That's the animal we're talking about. Okay. Um, my goodness. That, that is a uh, tough one. Is it a mammal? Uh, yes, I believe it would be classified as a mammal. Oh, well, you're not even sure if it's a mammal. Uh, is it a, an aardvark? I don't no. know. <laughs> is, is it smaller than a small dog? Uh, yeah, but not by much. I think like a chihuahua would probably be comparable size to it. Uh, do we have these in Edmonton? No, we would not. But is this one in a zoo or something? Because I can hear people yes. talking yeah. in the background. Yeah, it's so in a zoo. Is, well, it's obviously in the 630 Chet Animal Sanctuary. Yep. I, I need a big hint. I am totally stumped here. It eats snakes. It eats snakes. Uh... <laughs> An Australian snake eater. <laughs> Incorrect, but funny. <laughs> uh, is it? Is it? A, is it a mongoose? It is a mongoose. It is yes. a mongoose. You got it. Yes. All right, I got it after about fourteen guesses <laughs> and three or four minutes. That's, so about that's a mongoose. <laughs> a little worse than average. So, well, I I don't know if I without those hints if I ever would have got mongoose because i had never even tried to think of that was a good one tonight Kellen. that was uh that was hard mm -hmm. we should have had a prize for anybody who knew that <laughs> yeah oh well oh well everybody's lost they can they can mull over that while they're watching greenland and or geostorm tonight seriously if you like science fiction check out the expanse if you haven't watched it already it's uh, it's on prime video there's there are five seasons uh, I'm almost I'm almost done. I think they want to make a sixth season, but obviously it's been uh, delayed because of the pandemic. NHL, Taylor Hall scores for the Bruins. So does Curtis Lazar. They beat the Islanders 3-0. Canadians get by the Flames 2-1. Wild lead the Sharks 3-1 early in the third. Raptors win 113-102 over Orlando. 3.30 face-off show tomorrow. The game will start at 5. All right here on 6.30, Chet. It is the Oilers and the Jets. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of the show, and to Kellen Kennedy, your Name the Animal quiz master. My name's Reed. Have a great weekend. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.